A professor in Colorado known as the Mosquito Man is using his own blood to test mosquitoes, letting dozens of them bite him at once. He's aiming to track them and figure out why the state is a hotspot for West Nile virus, the Colorado Sun reports. He's definitely a lot braver than I am. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. On Tuesday, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration proposed to permanently allow doctors to prescribe buprenorphine, a drug used to treat opioid use disorder, via telehealth. Advocates of expanded access applauded the move, but noted that its impact may be more limited unless the DEA takes action to expand access. And the House Democratic Caucus unanimously elected New Jersey Representative Frank Pallone to be ranking member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee in the new Congress. Republican Kathy McMorris-Rogers of Washington State is expected to be the committee chair. Pallone remains the panel's chairperson for a few more weeks as the lame duck session wraps up. And the National Center for Health Statistics released its first report overnight on long COVID deaths. I'm joined by my colleague, Krista Marr. Hey, Krista, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So I know you've been following this new data that we got on long COVID deaths. And how did the NCHS determine whether people died of long COVID? So what they've done is they've taken the death certificates in their system over a certain period of time, and they've looked at two things. One, where the death certificates were coded for COVID-19 as being a contributing or an underlying cause of death. And then also looking where there has been notation that long COVID was also a factor. So they're looking for phrases like, post-COVID syndrome or long-haul COVID or a series of different phrases that they identified that clinicians were using to talk about long COVID as contributing to the death of those patients. What were some of the, the big findings from it? So the overall numbers that they've published are that they found over 3,500 people have died of long covid during the first 30 months of the pandemic. So that's from January 2020 to June 2022. And that's, you know, a fairly small fraction of the deaths overall. Mm. If you look at, you know, how many Americans have died during that time, I think it was about 1%. But if we were digging down into the kind of the demographics of that, there was some interesting information. One of the things was that um, men were in the small majority of um, long COVID deaths. And through a lot of earlier studies and what many doctors say, women have generally self-identified in different surveys and also been reported as having a higher incidence of long COVID. So that was sort of one perspective. The second perspective is that they found that nearly 80% of the deaths were among white Americans, which is pretty striking, right? Because as we know, throughout the pandemic, that doesn't really gel with how we know the um, virus has impacted like different groups of Americans. Yeah. So, you know, we know that especially earlier in the pandemic, white people haven't experienced the largest burden of COVID disease and infection. So why is it showing that it's mostly white people dying from COVID? Well, the paper posits a couple of different ideas as to why this might be the case. Um, One is that because there were higher mortality rates earlier in the pandemic among Black 
and Hispanic communities, for instance, there were not as many survivors to go on and develop long COVID, and therefore the numbers were lower. That's one idea that the paper floats. Mm. The other idea that they floated was that perhaps it was an issue of access to care. You know, traditionally kind of underserved communities in the healthcare context weren't able to like access long COVID care and therefore not get diagnosed with long COVID. And therefore, if they did in fact die of long COVID, that wouldn't necessarily be their cause of death. And, um, you know, the doctors that I have been talking to, you know, about this report and its findings seem to feel that that is really what's going on. There's been a lot of inequitable access to the kind of specialized care that's developed for long COVID in the past uh, couple of years. And a lot of clinics at, you know, different research institutions are mostly filled with white patients who have a certain socioeconomic status who are able to get away from their jobs, go make lots of complicated appointments, take time off. You know, it's a complicated disease to treat. And those mm. are the people that are getting care. We'll be right back. When I think about long COVID, I tend to think of you know, brain fog and some of these other long-term symptoms, um, but not necessarily death. Why are these people dying of long COVID? You know, what is actually happening here? You know, the, the paper itself doesn't actually give any kind of reason as to like people who died, like what their actual cases looked like. But for instance, I just spoke to a practitioner in Texas who was talking to me about a patient of hers who developed, she was treating for long COVID, who developed cancer also during his disease, and then eventually did pass away. And, and he was treated as a, you know, a death from cancer. But in fact, she considered that that might have been complicated by long COVID as well. So I think that the thing that is so tricky about this disease and, you know, its severity is that it can complicate conditions. Its symptoms range from bone pain to not being able to breathe properly. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's such a wide spectrum of problems. And I think that that's why it's hard to kind of figure out who's actually dying from long COVID and who's not. So this is a really interesting glimpse into the beginning of what we know about the problem, but I don't think that it's a comprehensive picture of what the problem is. Long COVID has even reached into Congress. Senator Tim Kaine has it. I know you spoke with him. What did he say? So Senator Kaine has sponsored a couple of bills that he thinks are relevant to the problem of continuing to deal with long COVID, you know, as the pandemic becomes endemic. One is a bill that looks at, you know, continuing to get resources towards long COVID research and study, education about the disease. Um, and then another is a bill that is about data modernization, which is, he thinks is necessary to really tackle the problem of gathering all of the data from the states and localities that will help us like learn more. 
He also said that he is confident that there will be some additional funding for long COVID research in the end of year omnibus. On the other hand, there's no doubt that there is this fatigue about dealing with the pandemic and continuing to put resources and attention to problem solving on it. So like one of the interesting things that Senator Kane talked about was that how early in the pandemic, you know, we did, we made a lot of progress in terms of like tackling the inequities that we saw. So there was, you know, inequitable vaccine distribution and that was identified and really corrected in a lot of ways. But what's happening now is that now that we see that with like long COVID treatment and access to care, there's still these inequities that exist. The question is, like, is there actually going to be enough energy left at this point and enough focus to get people to really, like, apply their minds and figure out how to uh, fix this problem? Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politica. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>